Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. I want to welcome you to our first edition of Sunday Talks. To my left is Greg Childress. He is our worship pastor. And to my right is J.D. Character. He is our student pastor. And we're so glad that you've joined us. I understand there are some of you out there watching us already. And I know some of you are going to watch this delayed. Uh, so I, just to kind of kick this off, let some other people join us in. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about your shirt, <laughs> but uh, I did. I saw you walk in with this, and so I want to ask you about your shirt, and so you can. I know what it means, but others may not know. Me. So this is uh, <clears throat> this is just uh, to give me a, a a loving reminder of um, what you would do, brother Larry. So it's what would Larry do. And so it's just encouragement for me to uh, think twice when I'm in front of a camera or on stage. I think that's the so, extent of it. So actually, I should be wearing it where you could see it, right? Right, so, yeah. right. What yes. would Larry say? So, yes. Well, well seriously, we're going we're gonna to tag team tonight. Uh, it's, it's something I've always wanted to do is kind of tag team preach. And so we're all going to share, and uh, there's, some, there's some specific things we're going to talk about. We're talking about faith and culture, about cultural relevance in the church. Um, I love preaching, and I think preaching, the Bible says that you know, preaching is, is something that God uses. It's a tool that he uses. There's something about just that mode and how we use that, even 21st century. It's still effective. Uh, so we're not doing away with preaching. This is a different style of preaching and teaching. Uh, but I wanted to do something, especially during this season, and we'll see how it goes. We may carry this on. Uh, to be able to get others on the platform because the Bible says that there's wisdom in, in multiple counselors. And so I've learned something from these guys already just talking about this as we were getting ready for tonight. And so I know you're going to as well as we share, uh, and you're going to have some thoughts. If you want to comment in, again, this is our first time, so we're going to see how this goes. But if you want to comment or if you have something later on you want to talk about even next week, you want to send an email. Uh, if you don't like it, send it to Greg. At, no, if you... If you uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but seriously, you can you can reach out to us, and we'll do our best to try to get back with you. But hopefully, you can do that even with this. If we have time, we know we're going to be pressed. We want to try to do this in a in a quick time time format for you. Uh, we're talking about we want to start with is everything. We always want to start with the Bible. Uh, when we talk about the church and faith, um, we don't have faith. We don't have church apart from God's word. I mean, this is this is our basis, and we don't want to just let that be a a phrase we use, and so we start there, and when we read the Bible, guys, one of the things that I, I've noticed is that there are a number of passages that would suggest that the church needs to uh, not worry about relevance, but in fact, warns us against being too much like the world. Right. Then there's other passages that, that talk about how we need to be in the world and not of the world. And so, so I want us to talk about, just start with the Bible, first of all. So, so I'm going to start with you, Greg, just on just some, what are, what are some, when you think of the Bible, I know there's tons of texts, but, but that encourage us to be relevant. What's some scripture that you think of? Well, Larry, um, probably the greatest thing that I found in this study is just one word, and it's the word love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we as God's people, we are challenged to be the people that model Christ's love throughout all the world. And one of the greatest passages in that is 1 Corinthians 13. 
Paul was saying in the previous chapter when they were talking about the spiritual gifts for the church, he was saying in the next chapter in 13 that you can have all these gifts and be magnified in all of them, but if you don't have love, the chief gift, if you don't have love, you're just like noise. Mm-hmm. You're just like yeah. sounding brass and clanging cymbal. And then he gets into chapter 13 and he begins to describe the outworking of love and how we're to demonstrate that love in a society. And he says, uh, love suffers long. That's hard. Mm-hmm. You're putting up with people, putting up with yeah. me, or, or, or having patience with people, or being wronged, and, and demonstrating to mm-hmm. a society how we're to act in a society when we're mistreated, or when we have to endure hard times loving people. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag. It's not prideful. I guess it's not me-centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're reflecting that in society. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. Love's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. Love rejoices in truth. And then I love this. Love never fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, back home at my parents' house in the, the shed in back, my dad had an old rusty sign. It's now in my office. And I'm never forgetting these words. And it was nailed to the, the aluminum siding. And it said, Jesus never fails. Well, Jesus, love, mm-hmm. love never fails. And so that's a challenge for us to be relevant. Right. We have to decide to love. And the perfect example of love was Jesus I think about Philippians 2, uh, have this same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. He came, he took on the form of a bondservant. He loved us even to a cross. And if he was willing to love that way, we can be relevant to a world around us by yeah. loving the same way. That's a, that's a good point. You know, the mm-hmm. the uh, I didn't look this up. Some, one of you guys is probably English major or mm-hmm. something can tell me this, but relevance and relation seem to go together. That We want to relate to people, and so we got to love them to relate to them. Very right. good. J.D.? Um, I had pulled out something out of 1 Corinthians 9, 19, uh, 19 through 23, and uh, I really want just, to just read it because it just says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside of the law. Uh, to the weak, I become, all, uh, I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that all means, by all means, that I save, that I save the world, um, that I might save some, that I might save some. And, and that, that in itself is talking about uh, being, you know, relational, and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to be relational. And I know as we continue on, we're going to talk about, about some of that, how to connect, how to, to be a part of this, but not be a part mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. so I think that's the struggle. Yeah, and, you know, you take that, that one side. So we're leaning heavily in on being relevant, and the Bible teaches that. And I think of other passages, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said we're to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. We're to make a difference in the world. Uh, I was reading this this week, Jeremiah 25 where they were exiles were coming back into the land and uh, they were told to uh, go build homes, to have children, to get married. And then they were to pray for the prosperity of their city because if the city did well, they would do well. So it's like, if you're doing all these things, you're, you're being a good citizen. All that to me is, is relevance. And so uh, there's lots of scripture that back that up and we could go on and on about right. that for right. a long time. But there's other scriptures on the other hand that say, well, you know, we're the church, 
there's standards for us. We're Christians. Mm-hmm. Our faith would demand certain things. And so, so what are some texts, and I'll go with you, J.D., first, some texts that would discourage maybe, maybe what we might say discourage relevance. I don't know if well, that's the best way to put that. But. Well, we've been, you know, you've been walking through Romans here, um, you know, and, and Romans, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And, and so this one discourages like to not be conformed to the world. And mm-hmm. I think if, uh, I, I believe based on that, that people can take that, that verse out of context and think, well, I can't be, I can't be anything of the world, even though it, you know, I'm just supposed to be, I've made the decision to accept Christ. I am, I'm a new creation, mm-hmm. you know, flip side, the other side. I'm a whole new creation. The old is gone. And so I can't have anything to do with any of that. And that's, that's, that's where, um, that's, I think that's some of the biblical texts that people pull out and say, well, we can't, we, we can't be relevant. We're not to yeah. be relevant. We're not yeah. to be of this world. Yeah. So, Great text. Yeah. By the way, it's probably next Sunday's text. There we go. So Mother's Day. Cool. Greg? I go back to the Old Testament. Uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers when God's beginning to establish a covenant relationship with his people, and he begins to describe how they're to live and how they're to be different and distinct. And in Leviticus uh, chapter 13, or chapter 11, verse 44, he says, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. So to be holy is to be separate, to be distinct. And God began to define this covenant relationship with his people, and he began to say, this is how I want you to live. And it may seem restrictive, but back then it was a whole point of God's people living different from the mm-hmm. world around them that they might be a picture of who God is in holiness. I mean, he gave them uh, even a sign of the covenant was circumcision. He gave them dietary laws, ceremonial laws, restrictions on marriage and who they could marry, all this to teach the people to be distinct and separate from the world. Sadly, sometimes I think the world's crying out to the church, Mm -hmm. be different, be holy, be separate. We are in darkness. We need light. But sadly, some churches have gotten to where they are so much like the world, there's no separation, there's no distinction. And so then the world is saying, well, why should I even give my time to you, to the church or to God Mm -hmm. when you're no different from me? We want you to be different, be distinct, yeah. be holy. And so um, to be relevant in a sense, to identify and build relationships, yes, but we have to be separate yeah. and distinct and to live. And, you know, as he said, keep my commandments, be obedient mm-hmm. and walk in faithfulness. So that's a challenge for all of us. I just want to read, I read an article mm-hmm. and I just wanted to, you know, because I just, just read some that we were just talking about, just to be, to be in the <laughs> world, but not of the world. And uh, the article I read, um, it, it kind of goes into a little more detail about, about that uh, there in John 17. But I like the way instead of in but not of, like Christians are not of this world, but we're sent into it. So we're not of the world, but sent into the world. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. So. Yeah, and that's, and that's First John chapter 2. He says we're not to love the world or the things of the world. Uh, you know, and so there's plenty of New Testament scripture. Like Greg said, there's lots of Old Testament passages uh, go back and uh, we don't have time for this, but a whole study of Daniel chapter one, when mm-hmm. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys go into uh, exile, and we re- we know the Hebrew boys by their by their Babylonian names Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I think they were Hananiah, Mishael, and 
Azariah, I think was the other one. But uh, so they, they took on these new names. They had a new language, new culture, new foods, and Daniel refused to fall into that. And so, uh, you know, th- there's, there are plenty of examples on both sides of, of relevance or, or, or avoiding that. Um, uh, with that, I want to kind of lead into some other questions we're going to ask. Yeah. And if you read anything about relevance today, one of the things that you read is that we are in a post-Christian culture. Uh, I'm not really sure what all that means and how we define that other than that there was a there was a time in the past when maybe before our time even before we were growing up and I'm 53 that when uh, there were just accepted norms in the world and uh, everybody kind of understood those even if they weren't Christian this is kind of the moral law and the moral codes but we don't necessarily have those today and today the church is not respected we're not what we have to say doesn't really have a strong voice in in the political culture or anywhere else. And so we're living in a post-Christian age where the things that, you know, we once held dear or that we believe to be true, uh, there's a generation coming now that doesn't even know those things. They haven't even heard of those those standards. And so I kind of put, put people in these three groups of, of today, of the unchurched, the churched, and the gospel-related people. The unchurched are those are those folks who, who who I just spoke about who don't understand uh, our culture. They don't understand what the Bible teaches. Are they or what they do understand about it? They don't accept. They don't believe. And then you got the churched. That there are some people, and well, we could go to town on this because we've talked about this in yeah. staff meeting other places. There's enough people that have enough of the gospel to kind of inoculate them from the real thing. They got enough to endure a Sunday morning service and. Uh, kind of embrace our culture just enough, not enough to really get on fire for Jesus or to change the way that they live, but enough to kind of get through and maybe make it every few weeks they can come to church. So they're kind of the church culture. They know, they know how we operate and how things go. But then there's this group of people, which we want to be, is this what I call gospel-oriented people that believe the whole thing. Right, we want to be we gospelized. We want, we're yeah. gospelized. We, we, yeah. We've got the whole thing, but we, but we, do, we do so with, we, with what you said earlier. We, we love people. Yeah. That doesn't mean we're, we're not going to change and live like the world and adopt the things of the world. But we love people, and we want to embrace them in, in a Christ-like way. And so that kind of leads <laughs> us into all the other questions I want, I want to ask you guys okay. tonight. One of those, just as we think about this, one of the reasons we're raising this question is because we know sometimes the church is irrelevant. And, uh, and that's one of the knocks maybe on the church. And, and I've had people tell me that before. Well, you know, I don't go to church anymore because you're not relevant with, with my age group or with my lifestyle or whatever it may be. And so I want to just talk about some ways, and I'll start with you, Greg, on, mm-hmm. on what are some examples of how, and not necessarily Woodland Heights, but could be us, but, but how we can sometimes be irrelevant. Um, well, this Bible, this Word is really our guide for life, and it should be what teaches us to live like Christ and how to be gospelized and gospel-centered in the world. But sometimes uh, it's easy to, to look at this scripture from a very me-centered approach. I mean, our experiences mm-hmm. that we live through sometimes uh, put tinted glasses over our eyes and how we understand scripture. I'll give you an example. I was kind of reading this article about the story, the parable of the prodigal son. Parable of the prodigal son. So the story was there's a hundred North American students that read... Uh, this parable, and they were when they read it, only six of them mentioned the famine in the story. Hmm. But when it was read to a group of 50 Russian students, 42 of them 
mention the famine. Why? Because in World War II, they lived through that. So yeah. their experiences give them a lens from which they see through it. Also, how many times have you been in a Sunday school class, a scripture is read, and then maybe the question's asked, well, what does this passage mean, mean to, to you? you. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to then become very me-centered and irrelevant mm-hmm. to the world around us, and we look at scripture in the light mm-hmm. of just us, and we begin to make application of scripture yeah. to us when first we should say what is the meaning of the mm-hmm. scripture before we say what is the application to me because then everything then we begin to just say I'm going to take this scripture like you preached this morning instead of reading the whole counsel of God and then living life and letting it apply to our mm-hmm. life we ignore it and then we live and uh oh I've got to have help let me go back yeah. to it yeah. you know we begin to mine scripture for what we think we need instead mm-hmm. of what do we need to live in the world? What the whole counsel of God. So yeah. it's easy to become very me-centered in the lens that we look through in yeah. culture and in the Bible. It made me think of something when you talk about Sunday school, Greg, that I've been in there and you have too. All of us have when uh, we're doing that lesson as well and we get into our language, our church speak mm. is something that, that a new believer might not understand. That, that mm. we've we've you know we've <clears throat> baptized some words and made some. We, we know what they mean to us, and it may not be what they mean to them. And so, uh, I think that we become very mm. irrelevant when we're speaking a language, even about walking down an aisle yeah. or yeah. or uh, you like know even Jesus live in your heart. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, you're yeah. Like, what? yeah. <laughs> I, I have a, a mentor. Uh, it was a mentor to me uh, in student ministry. Um, he was not raised in church. And he always shares the story of the first time he came, he heard the song uh, that there's this fountain of blood, you know? And, and that, I mean, if you don't have any that's type right. of church concept, that's, that sounds terrible, yeah. absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. Frightening. Yes, frightening. So, uh, so I, I'm sorry. So no, that, go ahead. No, I was so going to turn to you anyway. So I think that's the, the, thing, the thing that we can, if we're not careful, we can become, we can become ir- irrelevant by thinking, what I, what I believe, and, and I think, you know, um, that was proven in that story that there's more than one way to share the gospel. Yes, that song is powerful and has some amazing words to it, but, but there's more than one way to share the gospel as long as it is a Jesus-focused yeah. mm-hmm. conversation. Because whether you use the, the bridge, you know, the bridge analogy, the Romans Road, the, the Evangicube, the, the Life in Six Words app, you know, whatever it is you use you're still sharing the gospel. You have to realize mm-hmm. that, that it's okay to share it in a different way as long as the same message is being, is being mm-hmm. given. And I think we as a church can become irrelevant if we're not aware of that. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's, that goes back to the what would Larry do thing. So sometimes <laughs> I, I've shared with you all before, but you've got to know your audience. And right. so, you know, if I'm speaking to teenagers... There's things that I might share that I'm real comfortable with that I would say with senior adults that just don't apply. Right. They, they don't get the. They might not get the word. They might not get the meaning of that. Yeah. And same way with students is that you know I noticed this this morning by the way I think it made me made me almost hip. I noticed <laughs> when, when there were some students in the in the congregation this morning because they were singing when I used the phrase goat the greatest of all. Oh yeah, time. They, y'all, y'all thought that was pretty cool. I yeah, love that. Yeah, they yeah. they all. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they perked up when I said that. So we, we just got to be, we got to use terminology. One thing I thought about was just when we ig- ignore or deny cultural changes. You know, um, there have been a lot of things happening in the last 10 years. The definition of marriage uh, by what our culture says. Um, just so many things that have changed that we could just sit back and, and get in our little Christian cocoon 
and and act like well that didn't ever happen and I, I you know I I have folks in my family and even friends that are part of churches and church groups that really have kind of done that and I I I can understand the huddle up mentality and turn your back to the world but at the same time we've got a we've got a task to reach the world right. and to live in the world you know we can't you know we we can do certain things that we ought to we ought to avoid certain things and avoid we'll talk about that some more but just this whole cultural withdrawal Sometimes, somehow we have to find the balance of we, we want to be, be true to the things the Old Testament would teach and New Testament about being pure. Uh, at the same time, we want to be uh, culturally relevant. Right. And I think there's... Good Just real quick, I want to make... Um, in John 17, uh, verse, verse 15 says, um, as Jesus is talking, he's like, you know, on the cruci- he's being crucified. And he says, look, I, don't, um, I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. So Jesus isn't saying, hey, please, please, Father, take them, take them from this. He said, just keep them from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I think that points towards the fact that we are to be here. We are to be a part of it, but we are sent here to, to share that gospel yeah. and to stay relevant, however that may look. Yeah. So. You know, and there's, there's probably, this is not one of the questions I gave you guys, so I'm going to throw some of these in at you. But, you know, there are some times when, we got to make that choice too. Are we going to are we going to address this issue uh, and take the risk of being irrelevant? You know, I know right. when gambling has come up in Arkansas, or when we've talked about uh, the the uh, uh, liquor licenses for clubs here. You know, this church and I was I was part of that, even though I wasn't here. Of saying, you know, we prefer that not in our community, and gave reasons for that. And that's really a risk sometimes. Of, okay, when wh- where are you with culture? And I'm, we're not going to go into all that, mm-hmm. and 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 because I know that's a whole other subject. But we got to find that balance of okay, when is the time to step up and speak? And and one of those one of those I think is going to happen in the next few weeks is this whole idea of of uh, how we're dealing with this coronavirus. Are we irrelevant? You know, had had we had we. Uh, uh, said, you know, we're going to ignore the CDC mm-hmm. and the government. We're going to do church like we always have. You know, I think the I think the world would have said, I mean, Woodland Heights is irrelevant because they're doing their own thing, regardless of how you may feel about policies or those kind of things. And so that leads me into the next thing of some examples of how uh, we're rele- we have relevance in our context. And I've listed some of those for you guys, and, yeah. and just want y'all to speak to that. Um, one of those is right here. You, y'all can't see this, right. but is right here behind the screen, behind us or in front of us, are the cameras and the lights and the technology to do this. I'm assuming you're watching and you're hearing <laughs> us, uh, or we may just be talking to ourselves. But uh, this is a this is a glorious tool that God's oh, yeah. given us, and we could just say, "Listen, you know, this is not, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be purist. We're going to be. We're, we, if you can't come to church, then we really can't have church." But we've we've used this, and again, I don't know how to work any of this stuff. I mean, I I, I can turn on the lights and the and the air conditioning. But anyone, either one of y'all, want to talk to speak to that? Uh, well, musically, obviously, I want to talk about music because uh, when I started in 1990, the music I started with the very first choruses coming out. You know, uh, Lord, I lift, lift your name, name on high, high yeah. and yeah. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I mean, before it was, I started really with the hymnal. And I had a pianist, I had an organist, I had a hymnal, and the only decision I had to make on Sundays was, do I sing the third verse or not? I mean, that's yeah, it. Yeah. It was that easy. And, but music has changed, and I've been convicted of one thing, is that isn't it interesting how God never made one style of Christian music sacred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, I mean, if it was, I guess it'd be bluegrass gospel, right? Isn't that the Amen. best style? Amen. But Still guitar. But what he did make sacred was the lyric. 
right. the mm-hmm. lyric, the word of God that we sing about, that's what is constant and doesn't change. But music changes through the culture. If you just did a little study on church history, music church history, you're right, Gregorian chant to even some yeah. of the hymns that we sing. Yeah. When hymns first came into the church, there were churches going into uproar yeah. about yeah. Fanny Crosby and William Bradford's songs and what have you. But the style of music does change, but we have to continually be consistent that the Word of God, the message of right. the song, its consistency with Scripture and its exaltation of Christ mm-hmm is the most important thing. So that's just one. But how about church? How about, how about what we wear, church dress? Yeah. I love to watch back in the 20s and 30s of some of the uh, professional league baseball games. Yeah. They're all in suits and coats yeah. and hats and ties to go to a baseball game. Yeah. Right. And now, think about what we wear now. But even in church, it's all over the place, and culture has impacted that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a more casual approach, and it's all over the place. But culture definitely yeah. kind of guides yeah. that. Yeah, and you know, and that's one, that's one way that the I think the... The world culture has impacted the church. We're not making that decision. Uh, in fact, it goes even further than that. I went with my aunt to Razorback games in the 70s, and they were wearing fur coats oh, yeah. and hats and all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, one thing we've done, and I don't want this to be a bragging session for us in the church, uh, but that I think we've tried to be relevant is during this pandemic and uh, is to do these breakfast drives. Yes, and, oh, yeah. And, in fact, there's some there's somebody probably watching now that's been impacted by that, and we appreciate the fact that we got to minister through that and help people out. But um, you know, we could we could have all said, "Listen, hey, we still all got our jobs. We're all doing fine," and just kind of ignored that there are people that are hurting. And and what impacted us too was that we started this before really anybody in our church that I knew of was impacted. We didn't we didn't you know I didn't know of anybody at the time who'd lost their job or who was who was hurting. And then we've had we've had people week by week. That fallen into that into that right. into that case, uh, but I think that's one way to connect with the world, mm-hmm. still be relevant. Um, it didn't hinder the gospel. In fact, it hopefully I think we've seen opportunities now to share the gospel. Absolutely, uh, but that enables us to get out there and still be relevant, still be still be true to who we say we are. In fact, you go through the book of James, which is one of my favorite books, and he says, you know, talks about religion that's pure, and and we don't we want to be the. 27th verse of the first chapter says we don't want to be we want to be unspotted by the world mm-hmm. but giving away cereal and food is is just I mean it's just that's what Jesus would do absolutely right, so, right. Yeah. absolutely another, another thing and I'll I'll, I'll I'll let y'all talk in a minute the, uh, <laughs> is, is right behind us you can't see it over here but right behind me through that on the other side of that building is Jim Stone Elementary School yeah. Yeah. and uh, we love all the elementary schools in Conway I went to Ellen Smith way back in the day and it's not even the same Ellen Smith I went <laughs> to where St. Joseph School is now back when I was a kid but one reason we love Jim Stone is because it's right here next to us it's right in fact they used to sh- use our parking lot use our property back in days past and we certainly welcome them to do that again but we've just adopted them this past year and that has been so much fun y'all both been over oh, there yeah. uh, for um what do we? What do we do? I know we did. The we, book did drive. we did a morning. We did a morning drop off where we just hung out. We did breakfast for the breakfast um, for the teachers. For the teachers, yeah. Yeah. and you know, and for ourselves since we were there. Um, <laughs> I think. I think it was just. It was just fun, you know, mm-hmm. f- for me to get to interact as uh, as the kids were being dropped off and get to to hang out with them and and greet them, um, you know, with a smiling face and and energy because yeah. there's there's so many so many of those kids that that don't get that, you know, and, and, and let's admit, like, you know, a lot of mornings as a kid, you did not want to be at school. So if you could have <laughs> every a, morning, yeah, every morning. So if you could have an exciting way to start yeah. the day with, 
an idiot like me greeting you. Then, yeah, and you I know. thought about that while we were there. It's like, you know, we were getting to interact with kids, some that went to our church, some that mm-hmm. didn't, but that uh, some of them may have not, may not have a dad who shows love or kindness or friendliness. Right. And, and certainly maybe he's never met a pastor before. I mean, right. you know, and... And, and to or, see the pastor outside the church. Yeah, yeah and, and, and not think, in a yeah, suit like, and tie. In fact, we should have You existed Jim's, outside the Jim's, church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought he wore a suit all the time. Right. Yeah. It's right. like when you see your teacher at Walmart, you're like, wait, you can't leave the school. That's right. How did you yeah. get to Walmart? Yeah. 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 And we want to do more for them. And I, and I would just encourage other churches. That's a great... Everybody's got a school close by, and everybody right. could do that, yeah. uh, even on a small scale. Hey, some other stuff, you know, trunk or, uh, ho- the holidays, yeah. trunk oh, or treat, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. the, 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 hunt. The, the hunt that's coming up yep. in the yeah. summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, keyboard Christmas or Christmas yeah. event. I mean, we leverage these holiday seasons for the gospel and, yeah. to, and to open up to our community. But also, hey, Renewal Ranch... The ministry yeah. warming center that our people yeah. serve yeah. in, yeah. and getting out there and getting outside these walls and 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 getting within our neighbors and yeah. showing them that church is just not in the walls; it's out right. there. Yeah. It's being and that's another shirt. We should we could have worn. I could have worn the gemstone shirt. You could have worn the Renault church Ranch left or the whatever. Building. Yeah, yeah. Renault yeah. Ranch. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I, that I mentioned just a moment ago is how we've tried <clears> to observe, and we are observing as best possible the CDC guidelines. Yeah. Uh, now, when we have staff meeting, we have eleven people. So Uh-oh. I guess. I may be, I may be uh, getting somebody in trouble, but I'm not the eleventh one, so I don't know who that one is. <laughs> well, Eric's but, breathing his own air. Yeah, Eric's right. 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 He's right up there. Eric's yeah, six exactly. foot ten, so he's yeah. not, he's not, he's not on the same level yeah. with us. Uh, but we've been trying to observe those. We're going to do that. We want to honor that. I mean, the Bible talks about honoring the government and 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 obeying your leadership. Uh, and that's a whole other subject as well that we won't get into tonight about, about what are the lines there. Again, yeah. tomorrow we're going to get uh, some recommendations or some rulings or some policies from the governor, and we'll have to add to those. And, and again, we want to be relevant in that. Um, let, me, let me shift a few other things. We've got just a few minutes left. Um, but so, to some biblical examples of, uh, of the New Testament, in the New Testament of the church's relevance, when we have the church example, and we can, we're going to start with even with Jesus. He began the church. So, Well, yeah, Jesus is the head of the church. He's our example and our model. What better relevancy than he came? He left heaven yeah. in his incarnation. There's a big word, sorry. When he became fully God, he was fully God, he became fully man. You know, something that I think about a lot, what was the greatest sacrifice, the greater sacrifice, to hang on a cross mm. or to leave the yeah. presence yeah. of the Father right. and to leave heaven? What was a greater sacrifice? But he did yeah. that. He came to take on human mm, flesh, good. to identify yeah. with us. He took on the form of his people. He adopted the languages and the customs of the people. He engaged in the cultural activities. When he taught, he used parables and illustrations that were identifying with the uh, culture that he lived in with the first century Jews. And how about this? He even, he even referred back to recent news events. Mm-hmm. There, there's a story in Luke uh, 13. I just read this in my quiet time this week in verse 4 where he referred to how 18 people were killed yeah. when the Tower of Siloam Tower fell of Siloam. on. Yeah. So yeah. here he was. He's a newscast. I mean, he yeah. knew, but he knew the community. He knew yeah. and he related to it and uh, so he gives us an idea to be relevant in the community and we imitate a savior who took the initiative to come down take on flesh and blood live among his people speak the language and he's our model yeah and what you mentioned what you mentioned in in about jesus in, in the news story was even in his teaching the illustrations that he used 
he uh, used illustrations that they didn't have to, okay, what does this mean? He used about farming and about plant growth yeah. and those kind of things and, and things that were relatable uh, that they could understand and identify with and all that, again, goes back to relevance. Well, and he was among, like, he didn't come down from heaven and then, and then only walk among the greats or, you know, however you want to look at it. Right. Right? I mean, he yeah. was, he was, I mean, he hung out with, Tax collector. I mean, he he was in the middle of of those things. He mm-hmm. gathered with outcasts. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I think that's that's a perfect example of the church's relevance is how we're to be uh, a part of that. You know, and you know, I think and with that, you know, when he was with the outcast, when he was at the party, when he was with the gluttons and and drunkards, you know, he was called one of those things. Oh, it's like yes. that's one of the things that I think scares the church to death is that. Wow, if our pastor goes there, or if I as a church member, if I as a deacon or a leader go to this place, am I going to be assumed with that? You know, I remember this, and this is a side that I really don't have time to share, but I'm going to anyway. Come on. It was in a former church, and I had befriended a couple of drug addicts, and their hair was long, and they they didn't feel comfortable coming to church. And I remember one night they they would do Bible study with me on Wednesday night after church, and they came flying in the parking lot. And I remember a group of church leaders leaving at that time and saying, "Who in the world is that?" And somebody said, "Oh, that's some of the pastor's friends." And I thought, "What a, what a great compliment, wow. you know?" But I, I knew I was taking a risk by maybe being around people mm-hmm. that maybe the church would look would, would look wrong at. But uh, again, that was an aside. Well, I just, Jesus is a friend of sinners, right? He is that's a friend. Right. Of, that, Come to that seek right and save there. that is yeah, lost. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me let me move on. So so we got a couple more minutes left. The uh, um, so we've talked about a lot of different issues. We haven't given a lot of examples of the one I just gave. So what are are there some lines that we shouldn't cross? I mean, I mean, we want to be relevant. We want to be again in the world, but not of the world. So so can you think of maybe specific examples or or uh, maybe things Scripture would would kind of give us some guidance on? I think right now we shouldn't cross state lines. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one, yeah. That's yeah. that's, that's I think right. That, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's uh, I think that's such a to what line to cross. I think goes back goes back to John and talking about being being you know in the world but not of the world. Yeah, uh, and and that that's the hard part, you know, for uh, for us to to go to those uh, to those bars or to that party. And and not partake of that stuff is is harder. It, mm-hmm. It's hard for us as humans, um, and so we need we have to look to make sure that we continue to surround ourselves with uh, with Christ minded individuals. Yeah. So. yeah, I think about Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Um, that church there and that city there, in a lot of ways, can mimic the way our society has become. Oh yeah, just crazy, yeah. ungodly, doing their own thing. But Paul taught. The church there, how to live within that society, and one of the words that he used was liberty. Mm. And some, you know, our liberty in Christ. Sometimes we can cross the line and take advantage of that, mm-hmm. and say we can do whatever we want. We have grace, yeah. or we have salvation. But really, the word grace is how we address that. Is we express our liberty through grace. Uh, Paul even said in First Corinthians one eighteen, I believe all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but I will not be mastered. By anything, and uh, our liberty that we have in Christ for the purpose is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And we can't do anything that our conscience wouldn't uh, um, have an offense to, or that would cause someone else to offend. We live in grace, and when we cross the line of just, well, I'm in Christ, so therefore I can do whatever. 
we have to be in the culture. The culture is watching us. You know, yeah. you know, the culture is. We are testifying and witnessing more about how we act and what we do, I think, than what we say. Mm-hmm. And so, it's almost like the world looks at the church and says, "Well, the way they act, that's a license for us to act." So Absolutely. if we go over that line and exercise a freedom and a liberty that we have in Christ that is offensive to others, right? That may be a line that we cross sometimes. Yeah, and you know, and, and we know this in ministry. There's even a, a closer boundary for us. Of we've got to right. stay within this boundary. We don't want to jump over that. And 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 uh, and but you know, just the moral guidelines of Scripture. I mean, Scripture is specific about so many things. About you know, I mean, I think I think it speaks to the use of alcohol. I think it oh, yeah. speaks to certainly to other drugs, to uh, uh, you know, our relationship as men, how we how we. Uh, deal with women, and and you know we don't one of the policies we have we don't get in a car with a woman by ourselves unless it's our wife you know or unless right. it's our, one of our kids, um, and so there there's certainly we want to be careful about those um, you know and here's here's something we, you started off with this Greg about the kind of the me centered thing, and in business there's a term that the consumer is always right, mm. and so one of the struggles today as a minister and this is just for you that maybe aren't in ministry to realize what we struggle with. Because we know what the Bible says, we want to follow the Bible. But then we hear people saying, "Well, but this is what I want out of the church." You know, we've done the video, the the Me Church video, mm-hmm. which if you need, you can YouTube that or <laughs> yeah. Google that. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the temptations is to be. Well, we got to be. We got to be so. I don't know. It's relevance, not the word. But we want to be so in with the society that we uh, appease everybody. Want to just and, cater to every, cater to yeah. everybody. Yeah, and we and we've chosen as a church. Here's our identity. Right. And 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 we're still modifying that and trying to develop what that means with working with students and working with with others. And so uh, there's there's application there. But I want to ask one last question because uh, we, we want to try to wrap this up. So y'all both work with with young people. You work with the student choir, the the uh, collective. collective yeah. I thought forgot the name for a second. The collective. <laughs> and you work with all of our students as well. And Eric's back here over here working with college students. So and I and I deal with with the same groups as well. So how do we follow Jesus? And help young people follow Jesus in this dramatically changing mm-hmm. culture. Because think about this. I mean, the things, we're all close to the same age. Things we were dealing with in junior high and high school. I mean, drugs were just kind of starting to creep in at Conway High School when I was there. And alcohol certainly was an issue. And, you know, the joke was, you know, the worst thing that a kid could do is chew gum oh, in yeah. school, you know. <laughs> and and today, they are they are by, you know, elementary school combated with so many mm, choices and opportunities. So how do we help them uh, follow Jesus in this crazy, crazy time? The, the thing I keep coming back to is what y- you spoke out of at the beginning is love, you know, is to, in, in everything that we do, the, the discipline, uh, the, the sharing of God's word, uh, the relation, relationships you build with them, mm-hmm. uh, the conversations you have with them, the accountability that you have with, you know, with students and interacting with them is love. You know, um, I mean, that's, that's what God does for us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and loves us unconditionally. And I, that's what we have to try to do is show that, that love. Yeah. Absolutely. Our kids are living in a world where there are so many voices that are screaming at them. If it's just at school or if it's on a ball team or through all of the social media and all the apps that they have, all the voices, this is truth. This is the way you act. This is what you should do. And everyone's got a different opinion. It's like back in Bible times. Everyone does what's right in his own eyes. And I think as, as leaders, as pastors, as parents... The only thing that we can say, you say, what do you think about this? And someone gives you all different kind of answers. We have to teach our kids, our students, to say when they're 
when they are asked about something that is right, the only thing that they can say is, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. But you can't, because it doesn't matter what I think, really, or what you think, or what they think. They have to be able to say, well, it doesn't matter what I think, but here's what God's word says about this. And here's a clear statement of God's word. But you have to know it. Psalmist said, how can I keep my way pure? By heeding to the word of God. You have to know the word of God. We love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on on your understanding, but in all your ways, know God. Mm -hmm. But we miss the first four verses of that chapter, which talks about a a, a person not forgetting the law, keeping the commands, uh, uh, following God, looking after God, binding the word of God on their neck and uh, on the tablet of their heart. It's hard to trust and to know God when we don't know the word of God. We have to teach our students and our adults and everyone how to give a defense of what they believe. Yeah. You know, yeah. I believe in Peter or whatever. But yeah. well, let's say it the Lord. Yeah. We've yeah. got to teach them the word of God. And we have to we have so much cultural stuff through commercials and advertisement and stuff where I mean students are being taught, well you do you. Mm-hmm. You know, just do you yeah. and, and yeah. How, how do you feel? How are your feelings? And mm-hmm. and nowhere in this like this is not about this sounds harsh, but it's not about your feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about the word of God and, and how God would have you live and what his will is for your life. It's it's not it's not about feelings and getting a um, a participation trophy. We're done with this. Hey, so that we started with the word. Uh, we certainly finished with the word and all through. We interspersed scripture in here. And I think that I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was, was a good time. We could, we could have actually, if you know these two guys, they can actually talk a lot more than I can. We could have talked for hours on this subject and and i appreciate the input that you guys have brought and the time you spent on this this is our first sunday talks and uh i think this went really well at least we had a good time i hope you did and i hope it sparked some conversations uh maybe this is something you can share with somebody else or maybe something you heard you can pass along or you can go back and refer to some of these scriptures or if you've got questions for us you can certainly send those in to us or call us or text us and we'd love to hear back from you about uh what you thought about it i want to tell you about next week real quickly next sunday night which is mother's day which just kind of fits with this we're going to talk about uh children and conversion and steve and joanna laster our our children's pastors are going to be here to share yeah. with us and uh, have a lot of insight with that we're going to have a fun conversation talking about uh when can kids make that decision to follow Christ? And can they make that decision? Mm. What about baptism? And as a parent, I think it would be something I'd want to see and hear, and uh, as a grandparent as well. Uh, so next Sunday night, we'll do that. Again, we appreciate so much you being a part of this. Uh, I hope if you're a member of our church, you're going to stay tuned to other updates we're going to give you. Again, Monday, we're going to hear some things from our governor, which will probably lead to Tuesday or Wednesday, some conversations wow. with that. But hey, we so much appreciate you being here. And uh, just hope you have a good evening, good time together with your family. God bless you. Good night. Good night.